What's up, everybody? This is Keith from the Bronx Lounge. Thanking you for tuning in to today's episode as Cav and I break down all things Yankees baseball and have a great time. Check us out on all social platforms at the Bronx Lounge for daily Yankee content and to join the awesome community we hope to build. We hope you enjoy this episode just as much as we enjoy making it. And without further ado, sit back, relax, and let's talk some Yankees in the Bronx Lounge. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Bronx Lounge Podcast. Yankees swept at Fenway by the Boston Red Sox, who are now 5-1 against the Yankees this year. Yankees are in a little bit of a spiral right now. A lot of really bad stuff that came from this series. Keith, take it away. That sucked. There was nothing. There's no. There's no other words to it. That just sucked. Uh, not a Yankee. Not a Yankee sock series once again. And they just got embarrassed. I mean, those. That was the worst possible outcome you could have thought of out of that series. Now you're in complete jeopardy of the of the division and the standings in general. And you know now that just gives uh that just shifts the that just shift that just shifts the season completely for both sides now for the Yankees and for Boston just to be able to win now and for the Yankees to just keep going down they just looked flat out bad i mean everything looked bad looked bad the pitching looked bad the the hitting just wasn't there obviously everything just the the managing just everything looked bad it just it was just such a shitty weekend and uh all you can just hope for is that we never see that again yeah, I mean, to your point of how bad it looked, I, I, I'm at this point losing so much confidence in the offense that, you know, in the in the first game of the doubleheader yesterday, you know, a tie game at two, King gave up two runs, it was four to two, and I felt like the game was over. Like, I didn't yeah. feel like offensively we could put up two runs to tie that game. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, and King's been on a bit of an interesting stretch of just not really performing too well, but yeah, I mean... Even even when we're just giving up any lead, I just feel like this offense, the way it is right now, especially it, there's no nothing, there's no momentum, there's no fight, there's no like I this stretch feels worse than last year's August July August stretch. Like I just feel like there's zero, like there's no fight, there's nothing, and nobody looks good about it. Like nobody even looks good. It's not even like it's not like we're just it's not like we're just losing these close games and you know they're just slipping away from us. Like they, we're getting flat out beat right now. Yeah, I mean, and and we we have some offensive numbers that are just absolutely gaudy, um, and, mm. and we'll get into it real quick before we you know really jump into it. Just a, a you know a couple of quick housekeeping you know points to make. Bader is set to return on Tuesday uh, at home against Seattle. Oswaldo was optioned to AAA directly after the game last night, so that's going to be it at least for now from Oswaldo. Yeah, so that's um, pretty much the he was the odd man out for Bader. Yeah, and and we we both we both kind of you know agreed that that was that was probably going to be the move made. I mean, yeah. he, he you know he went down, he came he be, he came back up shortly after because you know of the injuries, and he there was still you know no performance. He still hasn't been putting up productive at bats, so not not really a surprise there. Um, Judge received his second injection on on the fifteenth, which was a couple of days ago. Still, we're still at a point with Judge where it's a wait and see, but. Buster Olney was brought, you know, on a talk on the on the Sunday Night Baseball broadcast a couple of times last night, and every single time he talked about Judge, 
there was t- the talk was more of you know centered around after the All Star break. So once again, yeah, you know we're still out of wait and see. There's still no timetable for return, but we are in a position where this is obviously serious now because they're they're not talking about it now. There's rumblings that he's gonna he's not gonna be back until the All Star break. So you know this is gonna be an extended stretch probably where we're not gonna have Judge. And it's just that, like it just showed like they were so cautious like they were not even cautious about it. They were so. St- they were just silent about it the entire time. And it just, there has there still has no answer. Nobody knows what's going on. And yeah, like you just said, like now there's all, now all of a sudden there's just been these reports that they're asking judge now, like, you know, is, it, is there a chance that you're going to return next week? Or are we seeing a, since you just got your injection, are we seeing now an all-star break? Like now we're going to look, be looking at mid July where he's coming back. And I mean, if I mean, if this is how we're playing with him without him right now, then all then I mean, my gosh, like for another for another like fifteen days, we're gonna have to be dealing with this. Like this could get really bad really quickly, and who know? And we still like who still who knows what the injury is? Who knows if what the injury is and if he's gonna be able to even return after at the All Star break? You know. So now at the All Star break, what are you gonna do? I mean you just have so many holes in your in your in your lineup right now i mean you gotta the trade deadline is gonna be a, is you're gonna it's gonna be your friend is it has to be your friend at this at this time this is this is this is crucial yeah and i mean i i just think it's funny because i remember when he first got hurt and they threw him on the il there was you know i heard some people saying you know he could be back for the second game you know of the Mets series he could be back you know for you know this series this weekend in fenway like there were people who were genuinely thinking that this was not, you know, a big deal. They were going to put him on the IL cautionary and, you know, he, there was no way he was going to miss both of these weekend series against the Red Sox. Now he's missed these two series against the Red Sox. We still have no timetable. We still have no answers. And now, you know, we hear people inside of baseball talking, you know, about him possibly not being back until the all-star break. And, you know, the, the last thing, you know, Rodon making his second rehab start on Tuesday. Again, everybody thinks that he's, you know, a couple of days away, too. I think I think they might hold him until the All-Star break, too. So I think until the All-Star break, there's a really good chance that this is the team that that we're going to see, which which is scary. But I think I think that's got to be, you know, definitely an option and, and a reality for Yankee fans right now. Yeah, especially with no <clears throat> but still no update on Nestor. Um, you know, him, him still, I guess, I guess his shoulders, his shoulder strain is more serious than we thought it would be. Um, so, you know, still no update on Nestor. It's, I mean, the only thing is that's good that Bader's going to be coming back. Um, I think Ian Hamilton also has a couple, a couple starts in him. And then we should be able to see a, a nice, a nice piece of the bullpen if he, uh, if he continues to where he left off. But, um, yeah, I mean, other than that, it's just, it sucks that we're at this point, um, and it really it shouldn't even have to come to this point to the fact that we're just that we have to be waiting for these guys for our for these two guys like we haven't like and it's not even that Rodon like we haven't even seen Rodon pitch in a Yankee uniform yet so it's not like you're like we're just hoping that Rodon comes back and just is San Francisco giant Rodon you know but it's it shouldn't have to come to the point where we're just we're we just we're waiting so much for Judge to come back just so that we can finally get ourselves back on the map and like you know get ourselves momentum like it just it it sucks like there's no why, like, why does it have to be at this point where the team just looks bad? Like, they just look so bad, they don't even look like professional. Yeah, it, it's it's really rough right now. And, I mean, I don't know. The te- the the it, the tone to me was set on Friday night with, with, with the 15-5 blowout. Um, 
you know, Domingo just didn't have it. And, like, that's okay because Domingo's been really good and you're going to have blow-up starts. So, like, I'm not even, like, totally worried about that. And then they go to Matt Crook, who, you know, we hadn't seen at all prior to this, you know, this game on Friday night. And he was bad. Major League debut, yeah. Yeah. But for me, on Friday night, when the game ended at 15-5, to we did see a couple guys, you know, do some things offensively. And I thought, at least, on Friday night that maybe, you know, there was some things to take from this game offensively. And obviously there wasn't because it didn't it, it didn't turn over on Sunday with the doubleheader in either of the games. Um, and... No, yeah, that was, that was brutal. That was, like, <clears throat> I was looking forward to a Domingo start, too. Um, I mean, maybe that was just a blow-up game from him, hopefully, you know, Hopefully that was just like you know one of those shitty games that he had. He didn't. He just didn't look good. I mean, they hit him around everywhere. He couldn't find the zone at all. He was. He was. Um, he was wild, honestly. Um, there is a couple, yeah, like hitting standpoints that you do find some things. Like there was a couple um, positives that you like. I think Volpe, you know, not not going over dramatic, but he's. His his he looks a little bit more comfortable at the plate. I feel like this this we've seen that this uh these past the Mets and this Red Sox series just a little bit more comfortable. I, he's had a few more at bats where it's just been like eh, ew, but um he's starting to put together a couple some pretty good at bats now um with his new with his new adjustment. So let's hopefully we can just keep that going in the right way. But um still struggling still struggling um struggling stretches for Stanton and Rizzo as well. Rizzo had a couple good pieces this weekend, um, but still guys like him struggling. Uh, other than that, just not just pretty flat, flat offense for the whole weekend. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest with you, like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to have this opinion, but you know, talking to Yankee fans, like you can't be shocked by, by the way that they're playing. I mean, if you, if you just look at, the base numbers for some of these guys, how are we supposed to be winning, you know, games in June right now? I mean, these are just June stats, and I just want to read off a couple of stats in June right now. Anthony Rizzo in June is 4 for 48 with a .083 average and a .289 OPS. A .289 OPS. Let's go to Stanton in June. Five hits and 41 at-bats, a .122 average and a .527 OPS. DJ in June, 6 for 35, 171, and a .537 OPS. Donaldson. Donaldson with a 162 average and 823 OPS because he's had a little bit of pop, but still a 171 average. Volpe, 222 average, 7 for 42. So we have seen a couple of hits, but still a 532 OPS. Not going to do it. Glaber had a pretty decent series in you know this weekend, but still a 204 average and a 706 OPS in June. So when all of these guys aren't hitting, how do we expect to win games? Not a single guy is over 225. That is, don't like, yeah. I mean, that's just embarrassing. Like, and that's the meat of the lineup, right? <clears throat> yeah, like that's yeah. That's your one. That's your one through five hitters, um, uh, with the exception of Volpe being seven, whatever. But that's your that's your those are your those are your main guys that we were like, okay, if it's not Judge, it's them, and they're just not stepping up right now. And you can't. But it what 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 can you even say at this point? Like, what's what what's the answer? Where do you like? Is it the hitting coach? Is it are they like are they just playing? Are they just are they just mechanically bad right now? Like what's going on? Like one, there's no there's no answer for it. They're just getting outplayed. Yeah, so I, I want to do like a quick segment right here on a scale of one to ten. Like I want to get your opinion on how confident you are 
in you know some of these guys getting back to you know what we've seen from them in the past you know so on a scale from one to ten like what is your confidence in anthony rizzo right now to, to you know bounce back and get out of what he's been through i'm see rizzo's rizzo's from his history like he's just he's had a, such a, like a like a balanced like a successfully balanced history to the point where it's like you almost you can't see rizzo going into this long of a slump like that like it's just it he looks so bad right now you can't I don't know. I don't think he can be in this for this long. So I don't. I don't think Rizzo's going to be in a slump for as long. I, I think probably like a set, six, seven, maybe. That's probably my confident level. Because I, I don't. I don't think that he's just. Because he, he's obviously a good player. It's just he's in. It's just ever since this this the neck and, you know, that he's just been bad. But I don't know. I don't. I don't think Rizzo's. I don't. I think Rizzo can can figure it out. I just. He's like, because he's making contact with the ball, and he had it, and especially this past weekend, like he's making some good pieces. It's, it's just, he's not, he's not getting a good, good piece on it all the time. Yeah, I, I actually totally agree. I'm at like a six, seven. If there was no injury, I'd be at an eight or nine because, I, yeah. like you said, the, the resume for him is is really solid and consistent, and everybody is is prone to slumps. So, like, if this is just a big slump for him. I am totally confident that he will bounce back. But since there is the possibility that it is linked to that neck injury, if he, you know, if they don't, if they don't put him on the IL at all this year, and they're just going to continue to have him work through a neck injury, if there is one, then we might not see him get back to, you know, what he, what we, you know, what we know him as this year until he gets some rest. I, I could definitely see, honestly, to be, to be honest with you, I could see like a phantom IL kind of deal with Rizzo I could see them have him on the 10 day even if they you know even if he's you know structurally fine just give him you know some time to rest and, and recoup and you know hope that if there is something going on with the neck you know he can he can rest it if not you know clear his head I could see a phantom IL for him but I, I do feel okay about Rizzo like Rizzo's not one that I'm worried about there are guys on this list that I am worried about and Rizzo's not really one of them no yeah and it makes the IL the IL would make sense because I mean even if it's just because maybe the neck is possibly bothering him. I mean, they only they, they did bring him back. Through. He did say he was fine when after those couple days, but you know maybe that could be still a factor into it. But um, you know you just you can't at the in this stretch, especially the guy like him, with the way this lineup is, they're all playing almost the exact same way where they're just they're nobody nobody can provide when it's need when it's needed, and nobody's just providing at all. So you know we can't have these constant, you know automatic one, two, three innings every single inning, and then we finally get momentum, and then it's just, you know, destroyed off of a, off of some, like a double play and a strikeout, so, you know, that's just, uh, we can't have stretches like that, and, um, yeah, maybe the IL could be a possible option for him, but even guys like, you know, we got a break into Stanton, Stanton's having one of his worst stretches we've seen in in, in a Yankee uniform. Yeah, I'm not as I'm I'm not feeling as good about Stanton as I am about Rizzo right now. No. I and it's tough because I like with with Stanton, we know that he he's going to have really bad at bats. Like that's just that's just the type of player he is. He's an all or nothing kind of guy at the at the plate. So you are, we are going to see even when he's on, we are going to see some really ugly at bats from time to time. But I, I just I don't have any confidence in Stanton right now at the plate when I watch his at bats. I, I still like watch Rizzo's at bats and I, I do see a little bit of battling and you know he's just not being you know he's just he just hasn't been able no. to 
you know, to, 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 to produce, but with Stan right now, his at-bats look really, really bad to me, and I'm, a, I'm kind of worried about Stan long-term. And it's Stanton, it, when it's Stanton in these stretches like this where it's just his timing is just really fucking off. And the only break I can give him is that he does get a little he, he does get a little chopped on some of those umpire calls where, you know, you can go back and forth and be like, okay, that's probably not a ball on Giancarlo Stanton, but or a strike on Stanton. But at the same time, yes, he just looks he he does go in these stretches where he looks bad. But I feel like this stretch especially, he's not looked good. And I feel like especially um, twenty twenty two he had, he didn't even have good of he didn't really have great numbers, um, you know we were really expecting a high two thousand twenty two out of him after his you know heroics at the end of the year of twenty one but um, you know he really hasn't had all that you know all that impressive of numbers you know he's hit the home runs obviously he's you know he is he's the spark of your team when you need him to come through at at, at times but you know offensively he's really not provided a whole lot in these in this year in this past year and a half so you know it's starting to get to a point where and what you know what's the possibility because he's just getting he's getting clogged up at the dh spot every single game you know when he's when he's bouncing in and out from back and forth from the il he's just getting thrown right back into into you know the dh spot you know I know they don't want to risk him in the outfield, but maybe you just throw him in the outfield just to, you know, get him some flexibility because he plays better when he's in the outfield. You know, he does look better. Like, he, you just, you feel like that stretch of Stanton just looks like, you know, he looks more comfortable when he's outfield and hitting. You know, like, it's just, I don't know. But Stanton just looks, Stanton's really struggling right now, and he, and it is concerning. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know. He, he, he really does hurt this lineup when he's not hitting. Because, you know, you talked about him being in the DH spot. You stuck at four every game. And you can't you can't have anybody else in the lineup if you want to give them an off day in the field. So, yeah. like, if Judge, if Judge comes back and they want to be a little bit, you know, cautious with him for, you know, two or three weeks when he comes back and they want to, you know, not play him in the outfield every day, you're going to have to take Stanton out, Stanton out of the lineup if you want to DH Judge because Stanton doesn't have any flexibility. And I'm sorry, you're totally right when – you know, you say that he plays better when he's in the outfield because his numbers as a Yankee when he plays in the outfield are overall better than when he plays. But he gets you know, hurt. But he just DH. gets hurt. He just gets hurt. But he gets hurt. So with Stanton, yeah. like, it's a catch-22 with him because, you know, do you do you want to have, you know, three, you know, do you want to have, like, a month of really good Stanton where, you know, he's playing the outfield, he's hitting great, but then, you know, you don't see him for two months with a strain of some muscle or, you know, do you want to DH him every day, and hopefully you can get a little bit more, you know, room, you know, a little bit more length out of him? But his numbers are probably going to suffer because, you know, he it, he's historically been better when he plays the outfield. But for me, the biggest thing is the flexibility in the lineup because, I mean, especially with the injuries, like they they definitely don't want Bader playing center every day for the you know first two weeks that he's back. But they can't DH him a day, or else they have to take Stanton out of the lineup. And they can't take Stanton out of the lineup right now because nobody's hitting, and you know they need him in there. So, like for me, the the the, the lineup flexibility that Stanton does not allow the Yankees to have is what I feel hurts them the most. And when he's struggling like he is right now, it makes it that much harder for me to have him in the lineup. So you wouldn't you wouldn't put Stanton in the outfield right now, or like this year probably? Uh, I, no, I mean at some point this year, I mean you have to. I, I feel like you have mm -hmm. to. Like we, because, because the other thing is like, he's shown that he's going to get hurt no matter where he is. So he's either going to get hurt playing the outfield or he's going to get hurt DHing. So at some point we know Stanton's going to be hurt. 
it might he you might as well get the most out of him and play him in the outfield and have that line of flexibility. But right now, with Judge out and Bader, who's been out and obviously he's coming back, but with those guys out and the offense doing absolutely nothing, I don't blame Boone for keeping him at the DH spot because they need his bat in the lineup. Because you know we, we talk about the numbers and we talk about how we're concerned, but all we need is one game of Stanton, you know, to look good at the plate, and we're going to feel he's back. And you know if they get that, that's what this offense needs right now. So I can't really blame Boone for keeping him at DH right now. But long-term for the rest of the year, I I feel like we have to see him at some point play the outfield. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, it's such a, it's, it's high risk. It's like a high risk reward thing with, with him in the outfield. But I, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like right now, I, I don't know. I feel like just his stretch right now, he's obviously historically better with in the outfield. I feel like you just need his bat to be going right now in in an absence of the in the absence of the entire lineup being bad. I don't know. I think I would, I personally would put him in the outfield right now. I just I think I know you I know it's it's risky with his injury, but just I feel like in the, I feel like when he gets in these bad stretches and all he's doing is just, you know, four times a day sit going back and forth from the bench to just to the plate. I mean, you know, I feel like he just gets in these really just shitty mindset slumps, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think, I believe when he came off the IL, they, they I, I thought Boone said they wanted to keep him out of the outfield for two or three weeks um, and just have him DH. He came back on June 2nd, so it, we've, we, it's been 17 days since he's been back. We haven't seen him Perfect. in the outfield. So we're kind of getting to that point where we're going to see if they actually do want him in the outfield or if they don't. To your point... I mean, we're we're getting to the point where, you know, we do need him there. So I, I don't know. And I mean, I, it's, just, it's just we have no. I mean, and you can swap him and Willie because I mean, Willie's not an outfielder. I mean, and it's like it's not that Stanton's going to make the plays that it's not gonna it's not that Stanton's gonna make all the plays that Willie can't make. But it's like, you know, it's at least it's at least you have knowledge you have knowledge out there in the outfield. Like you have you have someone that you can trust that has you know. That has the span, you know. He has the length to, you know, to track down fly balls. You know, he may not have the speed and and flexibility like, like other guys, but you know, he has yeah, at least we. Could, it's dependable. You know, we've we've had a pretty awkward outfield stretch. Uh, Jake Bowers had a pretty bad error in uh in in the Red Sox game, but um, in game two I think it was, but um, yeah, I don't know. Just stay. I don't know. I I think I think Stan and I think Stan in the outfield. I don't know. I'm out. I'm more of it. You know what? That's a great point by you, the Willie Calhoun point, because no matter what you know you want to say about Willie Calhoun, he does hit righties and he has provided some offense for this team, but he doesn't have a spot. He can't play defensively. So when Stanton was out, we saw Willie almost every day because he was in the DH spot. Mm-hmm. Now that now that Stanton's back, Willie's almost a non-factor on this roster because they can't play him anywhere. So they're also missing that Willie's bat in the lineup because Stanton's got no flexibility. So even before Judge comes back, if they are able to put Stanton in the outfield, you get Willie back in the lineup. And Willie's been one of our producers this year. Yeah, so no, he's been with Stanton, on there. With Stanton not being able to play the outfield, that gives Willie no real room on this roster. If, if, if they don't feel like they want to play Stanton in the outfield at all this year, then Willie needs to be off the roster because he's taking up a spot for nobody and for nobody. And he can't, and he doesn't have a defensive spot. So, you know, they're not going to play him anywhere else really, but DH, that's a great point by you. No. Yeah. I mean, that, I, that clicked in my head, honestly, not thinking about that. Just like, like, there, but that, I mean, that's just been like, the, I feel like that's just the theme. Like there's just so many, like, cause I mean, that was the problem with the infield. Like we had, we had, we had six infielders before the season. Like we didn't even know what our infield was going to consist of. Like, uh, like there's just so many there's so many positions that just 
we don't have we don't have the correctly constructed roster right now and then there's a there's just a lot of holes there's a lot of holes in a in a in a almost 300 million dollar payroll roster and it sucks yeah and the guy that i'm most concerned about is dj um yeah dj's hitting 171 in june 537 ops his strikeout rate is the highest that it's been in his career and he just is not putting up good at bats they're not dj at bats they're not competitive he seems like his swing path to me takes so long to get through the zone right now i feel like his bat speed is like really really suffering and i'm starting to lose a little bit of hope in dj getting back to what we thought dj was because at this point you know he's getting up in age we're seeing a lot of injuries pop up now and we didn't see that and even you know, defensively, you know, he still plays a pretty solid third base, but I feel like the arm has gotten worse this year. I just feel like overall we're starting to see a little bit of a decline in DJ's, you know, numbers in every aspect of the game. And I'm a little worried about it. I don't know if I don't know if we're going to see the DJ LeMahieu batting champion that that we that we had a couple of years ago. No, I yeah, no, it's really becoming a concern and I'm and I'm glad you brought it up cuz I know you're a DJ guy and it's and you know, it's it's it, it is the structures like this where you're just like shit, like it just looks bad. Um and it almost makes you feel cuz I mean, we signed him for we signed him, we extended him for the reason that he, you know, he put up 300 he put up 300 averages for us the seasons prior. And then since that contract um, also the toe, you know, the toe injury he had as well, the ligaments, um, injury, he just, you know, he's been, he, he has also been bounced off the IL a couple times, you know, it's, it's almost becoming the, the injury regression stage of DJ that you just hope, you know, we didn't, we didn't really expect him to, we didn't think it would be this early, but you know, he just, he really looks bad right now. Like he almost, he looks lost. His at bats are not competitive at all. Like they're not the. They are not the DJ. It's not the DJ where he's slapping it to right field almost every single time, going inside out on it, or like anything like that. Like he, this is yeah, like like you said, like this is this is the worst stretch we've seen in DJ's career, and um, and you know, it almost makes you think because he was because DJ was you know not the odd man out, but he was really like he never had a set position on the roster, and you know he is obviously that utility guy, but. You know, it almost makes you think they're like, if he's going to keep going to a stretch like this, like they're going to probably, at, maybe towards the end of the year, probably try and find a way to get, like, to move on from him. Yeah, I honestly feel like at this point, if Donaldson was hitting it all, I feel like DJ wouldn't be getting every day at bats. I, yeah. I mean, because Glaber's been better than him. Like, there's just no, there's no conversation really to me right now of if you're putting Glaber or DJ in the lineup. Same thing with Rizzo, even though Rizzo's really been struggling. Like, I'm not putting DJ in the lineup over Anthony Rizzo at first base right now. And obviously, he doesn't play shortstop. So the only real, you know, argument that you can have is Donaldson and DJ. And the only reason that you can have that argument is because Donaldson's been really bad, too. I mean, his OPS is in the 800s. He does have some home runs, but, you know, a 162 average. And he's the guy, to me, and you've been saying this, and you were totally right for this from the start, but... Watching Josh Donaldson's at bats make me sick. At this, they're point. bad, dude. He just he looks bad. They're not competitive at all. They, uh, I, I don't care about the home runs. 
I'd rather see him not hit any home runs and have better at bats and make you know better solid contact and see the average you know Dude, up in the OBP up a little more. Five of those six, five of those hits, uh, five of the six hits that he has are home runs. Like he, like he doesn't he he physically he offensively does not produce. He may get walks here and there, but and a home run here and there, but he does not produce. And it's like he's and him being at three, four, and five every single game is not helping us whatsoever. No, I I, I kind of feel like when he does hit a home run, it's kind of by accident. Like he kind of like accidentally ran into one. Yeah, because like if I'm glad... he watches at bats when he doesn't hit a home run. How is he? How is he hitting a home run? Because you watch <laughs> the at bats and you're like, what is going on here? Like yeah. this is this is not a major league at bat. No, yeah, and it. I mean, it, even they're garbage time home runs. Like thanks, thanks for the thanks for the ten five ten five home run. Like, I mean, but still, it's it, it's he's becoming a liability, and he's and. I can see the frustration that almost a lot of other people have had throughout the years, and I'm and I've, I'm always a guy that gives guys slack. Like I, I cut guys slack, and I'm like, you know, major like major league baseball is a different is a different level. But I mean, I it's getting to a point where you're just you're literally you're becoming useless. Like he hits his home run here and there, and you know, like you said, the OPS is good. He has an 8.23 OPS, but it, he's just. He's bad. He's bad. He's not. He's not the same Donaldson. And I don't know why. I mean, you almost should have expected it. Like Boone and Boone and Cashman were so comfortable with just rolling this guy out. He's a 38 year old who, you know, you know, not that he's had tremendous seasons after his MVP year, like or like after like his stint in Toronto, like in Cleveland and in Atlanta, like it, he's not been all that like that all that worldly of a player. His defense is good. Yes, you can give him that. But offensively, he just can't. You, you're not gonna, you're not gonna survive in the major leagues if you don't, if you can't hit. You're not gonna, you, you don't, you can't be in the lineup if you can't hit. That's it. You're not gonna be put out. You, you, you can't be thrown out there, and being paid twenty five million a year just for you to put, the, just for you to make a play. It's not how. That's not how that works. Like you need to hit, and he's, and he doesn't. He doesn't hit, and he hasn't all year. Yeah, you're right, and especially right now with. With the offensive numbers and the offensive production, Aaron Boone's going to trade offense for defense right now in a heartbeat. So, like, yeah. if someone else is going to start hitting and they could play third base, even if they're going to play half of the defensive third base that Donaldson and DJ can play, they're going to be in the lineup because they need the offense that bad right now. So I, I agree with you. I don't care about the defense right now. I, I need to see somebody hitting from third base because those two guys have been, you know, really tough to watch. No, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, the offense itself, I mean, just – you were bringing up a point with the offense. They've been offense has just been really flat. I mean, aside, I just the run producing has been bad. The runners and scoring the 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 runners and scoring position, my my god, have been bad. They were one for fifteen against the Mets. They were uh, they only had you know three for eight in in game in game uh, in game one. I mean, it, oh for eleven last night. Oh for eleven last night. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> my I mean, they can't they can't they can't come through the offense just stinks yeah and, and i mean the last guy i want to talk about is volpe um one of the only guys on this list that's hitting in the 200s other than glaber um you said that you've been liking his at bats i haven't been i haven't seen much of a difference to be honest with you i see i mean he's 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 had a couple of hits so i guess you know those at bats you could say you know are, are better but i mean in the ninth inning he's still swinging out of his shoes swinging out of his shoes you know you're uh, you're down by three in the ninth inning. You need base runners. Like a two run, there's one guy on a two run homer does absolutely nothing for you, absolutely nothing. And he gets a 95 mile an hour fastball, five feet high, 
and he's swinging out of his shoes at it. I can't, I can't watch Volpe at bats late in games when there's situational at bats that need to be that need to be had. Like you are down three runs, a two run home run does absolutely nothing for you. But he doesn't seem to like to take that into account when he goes up to the plate, and I can't watch that anymore. Like it, you know, in, in the third inning of a, you know, of a two to one game, fine. But when you're down three runs at Fenway Park, trying not to get swept on Sunday night baseball. A two-run homer does nothing for you there. It just doesn't. I, I would have rather seen him, you know, take those two first pitches for balls, try to get on base with a walk or anything, and and keep the chain moving because a two-run homer does nothing for you there. I'm getting really, really tired of watching Volpe's at bats in, you know, in situational. Yeah, situations, situational yeah. especially. Uh, I honestly, I didn't even, I didn't even watch like till I didn't even watch like the seventh inning and on last night, so I didn't even see that. But um, uh. It kind of goes to show because we have talked, me, me and you, have, uh, we brought up how, you know, the power's there, and uh, maybe that's why the power's there, just because of how much power he puts behind his, like, he put, he throws into his swing. But, you know, that doesn't, you, it's not going to help you if you don't fucking hit. Like, we, if you're not getting on base, you're not, the power's gonna, not going to help you at all. So, um, yeah, I, I thought, I, I, I thought I've seen some pretty, some, since the adjustment, I feel like he's looked a bit comfortable, but I know I do notice <clears throat> you do notice the bad at bats where you're just like, oh my god, like that just looks bad. I thought he just since his adjustment, he's looked he's just looked a little bit more comfortable. But yeah, his his at bats are still they're still bad. They're still bad. Yeah, I don't. I just I have no confidence in him in, in a spot that you need something specific. Like I feel like he there's like I feel like if. You know, there's a guy on second in a you know in a in a tie game or down a run. Like I feel like Rizzo, I, I, I'm confident that Rizzo's going to choke up and try to just take it the other way. Try to you know just try to get a base hit with Volpe. I feel like every single time he goes up there, he's trying to hit a home run, no matter if the situation it's, calls for a home run or it doesn't. Yeah, it's like no IQ, but <clears throat> you know that kind of leads to, you know, we've obviously like he's struggled this year. We've seen it. Um, Cat or uh, Steinbrenner just recently came out and said that. Like he's going, either not. They have no plans of sending him down. He's going to be the shortstop for the year. What do you What do you think on that? I mean, it it like like Peraz is literally just just he's he's just he's literally being just held down there for no reason. You like bring someone up, like, like make a change. Just do so, like just make like have him develop. You need him to develop. He had twenty games in AAA. You need him to just figure the game out. Like, he's not figuring it out just by constantly failing up here. Like, you need him to figure it out. But I'm wondering, like, what what do you what would you do? Listen, we've had this conversation before. I, I, I don't trust what the Yankees say. I, I really don't. So, like, like, it's all well and good that they say that. They go out into the media and they say that, that you know, that's that's good confidence for Volpe. He, uh, he gets to feel comfortable. He doesn't have to feel like, you know, he's on the hot seat every time he has a bad outing. But I don't believe it. Like, if, if this is going to continue, like, how how he, how he's been playing and the team is going to continue playing like this, I don't see how they don't make a move or, you know, or at least, you know, bench him for a little bit. Not, they don't even have to send him down, but somebody else has to be playing shortstop for a little bit. I just don't see how they can keep going like this. I, I really don't. I mean, and, you know, we've also talked about this before, too. Listen, I'm not a Volpe hater, and if they want to keep him up here all year, no matter how bad he is, 
I'm totally fine with that. But then I can't hear Yankee fans bitching in October when they when they get swept in the in, in the in the LCS. I, I I like because you can't have your cake and eat it too. The Oakland Athletics develop guys, but you see how many losses they have. Yeah. Like we're we're not you know you either are in the business of winning or you're in the business of developing your young guys. That's why you see people tear their teams down you know to to shreds when they're going to rebuild because that way you have no expectations of winning and then you give your guys a full opportunity and you say hey go out there play every day get the experience develop and we'll win in a couple of years. You can't have it both ways sometimes and I feel like Yankee fans kind of want that. Again, I'm not saying I, I don't like Volpe, and I'm not saying that I don't feel he could turn it around because I feel like there are still more adjustments that can be made. And by the end of the year, I do feel like we could be in a, lot, a much better spot with Volpe. But just giving him the free reign to say like he's the shortstop all year and there's absolutely no repercussions for him playing like crap, to me that's wrong, and I just no, don't yeah. even buy it. I just don't believe it. Like I think they're lying. I, I I don't believe I don't believe a lot of things that the Yankees I feel like that's almost I feel like that's almost like they're just they're trying to like that that's their comfort for him just to make it be like like just settle down. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel. Yeah. You just know, he doesn't have to he doesn't press you know, so they much, don't, yeah. Exactly. They don't want him to press up there. They don't want him to feel like he is losing his job when in reality like he sh- there there should be some pressing about him losing his job because he's not been good. But wow. again, there there's a lot of other, you know, factors to why this team isn't playing well and I'm not trying to, you know, just throw it all on the on the kid. But it is it is an interesting conversation because they do go out and they continue to say great things about this guy. They do the same thing with Donaldson, and then they just don't produce. Like, the, the, you know, it's not it's not it's a common a theme thing. at this point. It's an organization it's, thing. Yeah, it, and I mean that goes into, you know, who do you blame? Who's who is to blame? Is it you know obviously obviously the players on the field? It's not the coaches it, or like it's not really you know the the front office's fault for the players not producing, but it's you know the scouting department. I mean like. You know, that's like, you know, why, like, why go after these, why give, why throw the big bucks to these players if they're just going to be, you know, throwing into an instant decline when they come, like, like, what is, like, there's no, nobody's, nobody has been playing good. Nobody, like, I, you know, we have had, we were one win away from the World Series uh, six, almost six years ago. And since then, we have not come any closer since. We have been, we had, the closest we came was game six on an Altuve walk-off. That was it. And we have been just thrown under the bus every time. There's been no good, constructed, balanced team. It's just been constant IL, up and down. Sevy, we haven't seen a full season of Sevy. We, have, we haven't seen, we haven't seen a full season of Stanton, Judge, and, and DJ being together. Like, they've been bounced up, up and down the lineup. And then, you know, and then to fill out the roster, they just have these one-year rentals who are just, and, or these rookies who just can't prove himself. And it's, it's the same, it's been the same story for the past five, six years. It's just annoying. And, and, you know, this is a weird, this is like a weird, bad feeling right time to be a Yankee fan right now. Cause I just, you know, you know, that you know, the times where the Yankees are like clicking and you know, the times when, even when they're struggling, you know, they can just bounce back, but this, they don't even look like they're going to bounce back right now. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it, it's really hard to believe that when one guy comes back, they're they're gonna flip all this around. And I mean, there's a really good chance they do it. They do have, you know, they win 61 percent of their games when Aaron Judge is in the lineup. And I understand how big of a piece he is to this team, and he does make you know the other guys in the lineup better. But you're right, it is hard to to look at this team right now and how they're playing and imagine one guy coming back into the lineup and them completely flipping this around. 
It just, yeah, and it's not, it's not even how that, sh like, it's, like, it's, one, it's not how it works, and two, it's not how it should work. Like, it's not, this is not, you should, they shouldn't even have to come down to these terms. It, it's so bad. It's just embarrassing, but, um, you know, I feel like we got our anger out on the players. Let's, let's get into game two. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, game two and game three, both of these games were, were really bad games offensively. Oh, yeah, doubleheader, forgot the doubleheader yesterday, both games, they score in the first inning, which is great. Like, scoring in the first inning, I feel, is one of the best things an offense can do. It gets yeah, you like, started early. You know, Glaber bomb in the, in the first. first yeah, man. Yeah. And in the first game yesterday, you get the Glaber bomb in the first inning. You go up 2 nothing. you know, feeling good. You know, you, the Red Sox went with an opener, so you know already you're right into the bullpen. You know, you have a chance to kind of beat up the bullpen a little bit and, you know, help yourself out for the night game. And and after the two run homer in the first, nothing. <laughs> literally nothing. Yeah, literally they that it just that a horrendous display of offense. Oh my god! They had two hits in the first inning. You know the the the, the second one being the the Glaber two run homer. They had two hits for the next eight innings. They ended the game with four hits. I, I mean, it just to me like. It's it, yeah, like no mom, no mo no momentum built, and then when they finally get runners on base, just it gets shut back down. It, yeah, it's the same thing. It, it was it was it was literally the theme this weekend. Boston shut them down and capitalized on what we did wrong. Also, prayers to uh, Tanner Houck. Yes, uh, that, yep. was, that was fucking brutal, dude. Oh my god. Yeah, I forgot to touch on that when we talked about game one. They they did throw him on the IL with a facial fracture, so he is he is beat up. But hopefully, you know, it's just you know. Something that will heal. That thing, dude. Hopefully Higgy, no Higgy pieced that, dude. And yeah, that, yeah. that, like, that was, that's tough, man. But, um, but it's also tough not seeing any Yankees perform right now. That's tough. Yeah, and the biggest thing about Game Two for me on the pitching side was Michael King. Michael King. He, he and, got bit by yeah. the monster pretty bad. Uh, you know, a couple of consecutive hits right off the monster, which you know every pitcher's, you know, that's going to happen to you know with the monster being as close as it is, but the thing that, you know, really got me, and Coney said this on the on the Yes broadcast, uh, was that King threw 36 pitches in that outing uh, yesterday, got one swing and miss. This is Michael King we're talking about. This is the guy that both of us agreed, you know, when, yeah. a, a month ago that he was the most, the guy we had the most confidence in out of the bullpen. Threw 36 pitches, got one swing and miss in this one, uh, and he got beat up pretty bad, and you know, they, he came in. He came in. It was a tie game, two to two. They ended up losing six to two, and three of those four runs were were on were on Michael King. Yeah, and I, he he's been. You know, that's crazy because you know these past few series, he's been going on these stretches where I'm like, you know, King just doesn't like his outing just didn't look good. Like he's given up like one or two hits per inning, and then you know he'll he'll get out of it, or he'll give up, or he's or he just he'll just hang a sinker or a slider right in the zone, and it just gets. It just gets turned on. Um, yeah, that that's actually a pretty interesting point with the with the one swing and miss. Like his control's just not that. Like he's just he's throwing he's leaving it way too over the zone right now. He's just he, I guess he's in a, just a pretty bad pitching slump right now. Um, it's not good. I mean, the only thing you can like thank thankfully we got thankfully Clay stepped up because if him and Clay were if Clay was still in that stretch where he was bad, like this could that could have been ugly real quick. But um, you know, hopefully, just a bad stretch by King because he he hasn't looked good really these past few games. He's literally he's he's given up a few leads. I think uh, in the Toronto series, um, I think it was Game Three. Um, not Toronto. Uh, 
I don't remember what series, but he gave, like he's he just he's been he's been pretty shaky back and forth um, in these past couple, couple series. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, a one seven two ERA in April and March for Michael King, a one eight ERA in May. Now in June, a seven oh four. So he's struggling. Series. White Sox he's, series. He's, he's totally he, he's struggling. I mean, they, you see it in the numbers. You don't even have to go deep into the numbers to see. I mean, in ERA in the ones for the first three months of the year. In June, a 704 right now. So really tough. And again, this is a stupid thing that I'm going to say, but as a as an angry Yankee fan, this this really annoyed me. They did the the Father's Day bit on on Sunday Night Baseball, and Michael King's They're dad went on the broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. And even before his dad went on the broadcast, they were talking to Michael King, and Michael King was laughing and smiling, and I was I couldn't help but sit there on my couch and be like, you just. You have a you have a seven ERA in June. You just gave up. You just gave up the game three hours ago. Yeah. And very stupid. I know his dad's there. It's Father's Day. I get it. You know. But <laughs> anyone else? You can I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could. Yes, yeah, that's exactly. also that's also the fault on ESPN, dude. They have some shitty interviews, dude. They had they had Jose Trevino in mid interview last series. I mean, they they're the they're the worst. Yeah, they're interviewing fucking Rob Refsnyder. Like, who, who cares? Yeah, like, who cares about Rob Refsnyder? Why? Oh, because he played for both the Yankees and Red Sox at one point. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> Give me a break. Give me a break. I know. Uh, we, need, we, need a, we need a couple of weeks off from, from Sunday Night From ESPN. Oh, man. I can't, I can't was, do another one of those yeah. right now. Yeah, and I mean, Carl Ravitch, I mean... He he has his good games, but he has some bad games as well. And I'm I'm not, I'm pretty I'm done with I'm done listening to Carl Ravitch and ESPN. Just hate the Yankees, dude. They're, and I'm sick of national TV. I'm I'm done with it. I just want to want to listen to K. I want to listen to Coney and K and and Paul. And that's it. Yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really biased when it comes to that too. That's all that's yeah. all I want to listen to. Yeah, right but um, but game three, um, Sevy. <sighs> He didn't look great with the run. Like, he gave up runs. His velocity was good. Um, he got into trouble a lot. That's it. He just, he got, he got thrown in, he got thrown into a lot of jams. The fastball looked better. But, you know, it's just still not another great start from Seve. And, you know, we were just, we were hoping it wouldn't go back to that. And, you know, it just did. Um, the, yeah, three walks and the seven hits, he got hit around. Yeah, I mean, ten, 10 base runners in five innings, you're going to give up runs when you give up two base runners an inning. You just are. And I, I agree. I thought his stuff did look a little bit better in this game, but it didn't lead to success because he was giving up, you know, more base runners than I feel like he did in, in, his ba- in, in the starts where his fastball wasn't there. You know, the only thing that is that I did take away from this game from Seve that I liked was that he didn't give up a home run because in every single one of these bad starts, he's given up a home run. Yeah. So no home run in this yeah, one. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, Casas, Casas got him pretty good, and it was almost a home run, but I, I did like that. I think there is a couple of good things you could take from this Seve start, but, I mean, again, you give up two base runners an inning, not only is your pitch count going to go up and you're not going to be able to give us length, but you're also going to give up runs. Like, there's no way you're going to be able to give up two base runners an inning and be completely clean. Yeah, um... That was, I mean, definitely definitely better from the last two starts. So I, that's a little bit of a good sign. Uh, I think the six strikeouts is also something that you know you'll, I look at too because you know, the strikeout numbers were low the, the last two starts from Sevi. Um, and uh, you know, with the velocity going up and strikeout numbers going up, with the runs going a little down, you know, as it wasn't it wasn't his best start, but it's still it's still moves in the right direction that you'd want Seve to go into when you're when he's on that bad of a stretch like it's just it's just me like you know he's got to just keep figuring it out um 
you know that wasn't a game where you wanted to, p- to pitch like that. Um, but it also doesn't go to the fact it doesn't it doesn't really remove the fact that the offense went 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position. Um, another horrendously per- offensively produced game. Nobody did anything. We our one run was was. Um, what was it? A Rizzo, Rizzo ground out or something like that? Rizzo RBI ground out in the first. Again, they yeah. scored in the first, and then they didn't score again. Yeah, that, I mean, he also Rizzo also got robbed. Jaron Duran, what a fucking beautiful catch in center field, and ah, that sucked. But um, yeah, I mean, the offense just goes ghost once again. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's it again. I, you score in the first inning, and then you just do nothing. Brian Bayo completely just shut you down. Two oh, weeks man. in a row on Sunday Night Baseball. And, I mean, uh, props to him. Real. Props to him, man. I mean, jeez. Yes, but also, like, his numbers have not been good this year. He's a young pitcher, and you just let him completely dominate you two weeks in a row on a nationally televised broadcast. Bayo's numbers are not good outside of these Yankee starts. He's not been very good this year. I, don't, I, I understand that, you know, the offense is not what it's supposed to be right now, but to let... To let the same guy absolutely dominate you two weeks in a row, to me it just shows like a lack of adjustment. Like nobody in nobody in the organization was able to pick up anything from you being absolutely shut down last week that you couldn't bring into this start. You knew he was making the start this week. He's been lined up all week to make this start again. I don't know. Yeah. To me, to me, it really frustrated me that he went out there and he looked even better last night than he did last week. Yeah, before the Yankees start, he had a four ERA, and now. Before the two Yankees starts, he had a four ERA, and now he now after his past two starts, he has a three four nine. So, um, definitely embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's. I mean, any any pitcher can can shut down the Yankees right now, like anybody. No, like, yeah, I, I like we almost feel like we're that we're that team that you walk into and you're like, all right, like we just you got to take that series. Like you almost feel like we're that team now, because no nobody's clicking right now. I mean. Aside from a couple, a couple pieces that you that you like, like Holmes, Holmes, Cole, you know, Canley's doing good. You know, big thing about Canley, he's doing pretty good too. Um, but you know, those are guys you need to like. You expect them to do good, but other than that, nobody's doing good. Like nobody looks good. Yeah, and uh, one more thing that the the, uh, the umpire last night was absolutely horrific. Canely, oh man, the, the Canley inning, he did look good, but. I've never seen a pitcher get so much help in one inning from an umpire than Kingley got from that guy. In that yeah, game. yeah, yeah, he did, dude. And I feel like this umpire show has been. I feel like this past week has been pretty, pretty brutal. There was a pretty bad call on Stan in the first night, and uh, that costed you know a pretty good at bat and some momentum there. But yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> but yes. uh, I, there's just we're going we're into Seattle now. I think this when is that tomorrow? Tomorrow they're yep. in Seattle. Off there today. No, we're right, home yeah, against Seattle. At, at the home, stadium. Yeah. All righty. The, uh, I mean, the, the Rays lost two or three in San Diego this weekend, and they gained a game. I, yeah, it doesn't help that we lost three. I mean, and I like, think the Orioles. I think the Orioles uh, also won two, out of three. Yeah, yeah, and so we're still, you know, we're now we're now five and a half back of Baltimore, ten and a half back of Tampa, and like Tampa has been like losing a little bit here. Like they they lost a couple games to Oakland. Now they lose two out of three in San Diego. This West Road, this West Coast road trip, they are taking some losses, and you just haven't been able to do anything to gain. You get swept in Boston. Swept yeah. in Bo- I can't even believe like I'm saying. 
See, I'd rather not really focus more on being ten and a half back more than I'd be focusing on that fact that we're one and a half up of Toronto and two games up of ball. Like we're two games out of last place. Like in June, this is <clears throat> we're in a bad stretch, man. Bad, bad stretch. Yeah, and we've now dropped out of the second wild card spot. We're not in the playoffs right now. The Angels have been hot. Shohei has been hitting a home run almost every. Oh, bat. dude, he's becoming. And, oh man, he's the best. He's, and they he's, jumped us. He's the best player in the fucking league. I mean, we're. I mean, Baltimore is five and a half up on the wild card. Angels are one game up, and those are your you know wild card spots right now. Houston and the Yankees tied. Yeah, we're two out, or we're actually tied out. But yeah, we're technically yeah, oh my. Man. At thirty nine and thirty three, and you know Houston's going to figure it out. You know, you know they're starting to play a little bit of better baseball. Toronto's playing better ever since Manoa got sent down. You know they're now five games over and a half game back. You see Boston owns us right now. They're only two back. I mean, it, it's definitely a little bit concerning where we sit in the standings right now because if we're going to keep playing like this, there is a we're chance not, we might that, not even like, see a playoff. Yeah, there is a chance when Judge comes back that they're going to have to like do some digging to get back into the wild card. It, that's the hole they dug themselves into. I mean, they threw themselves into this position. There's like, I mean, they might, yeah, like we're looking at a point where like, do they even hit 90, 95 wins? Like, you know, like, it's, it, if they're going to go on stretches like these, especially like they look, they look bad. And even, I don't know, this is just such a year where you're like, you, just, you expect the worst. I mean, Seattle has had a, super down year from what they were supposed to be. I mean, Seattle was supposed to be, like, you know, fighting with Houston to be atop that division. They've been bad, and I don't even feel confident that we could take two out of three from them at home right now. Like, Uh, I I can't can't sit there and say that right now. Aside from, from like, Kansas City and, like, like, you know, Oakland and Detroit, there's probably not one team that I would say we are better than right now. I mean, there, there's not a team other than that that I would feel like comfortable saying that we can win a series because no. they're, they're just not getting offensive performances. No, like nobody, nobody is, nobody's good. Is the, there anything, the... is there anything like in the lineup that you want to see like changed or do you kind of like, because I, I, I kind of find myself I, annoyed about the lineup, but then I but look. I feel like you I, can't, you can't do anything. Yeah. I mean, I, Alex like, has been hitting and they have him at the top and then that's about mm, it. Yeah. Uh... Uh, yeah, I mean, you would always you have your options of like, you know, would you rather put DJ back at the leadoff spot? But it's like, you know, it, obviously Nadi looks bad. You know, you can't do that. Glaber, you like, would you put, like, are you gonna, you know, what if they do, what if they do Glaber one, Bowers two, and then you know, you figure it out from there. I, I, there's nothing. No, there really isn't. Uh, I I'd like to see Stan in the outfield. That's it. But other than that, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't really see anything. Yeah, and I mean the point. The the point that I'm trying to make is like I I, you can't really be mad at Booney right now. I feel no. Like. Yeah, and I mean like the only thing that the only thing to blame Boone right now is bullpen decisions that he makes. Other than that, like it's the product that he was given to put on the put out on the field. Like they're just they're not doing good. Yeah, I mean like. You know, Domingo gives up seven runs. Your offense hasn't been able to score more than three with Judge out. So, like, I understand going to Matt Crook when, when Domingo gives up seven. You know that game's already over. You don't want to use your big guys. But, I mean, King goes out and gives up a couple of runs yesterday, and they go to Nick Ramirez, who balks in a run. Oh. 
I just I, – I don't understand why we have to keep seeing Nick Ramirez, to be honest with you. I, I also I, don't know. I feel like we've seen all like we need to out of that guy. Like there's there's nothing there's nothing there with him. There's nothing there with him. There's nothing there with Matt Crook. Like those guys need to stop being put in the games. Like I, I'm done seeing Nick Ramirez. I'm, I, I can't. Yeah, I know. And it, yeah, he's had a couple. He, it's just that one couple flashy plays he'll have that you know that keeps him on the roster for the next two weeks. It's just how we go. But and uh, we've had so many off days the last couple of weeks that I feel like they've had time to rest. They're bullpen guys, so we don't have to see these guys. Like we're not in one of those stretches right now where you're playing thirty games in thirty two days. Like they 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 I mean they had three off days this week and they have an off day now. Like Yeah, like we we've barely even seen like Wandy, Holmes and and I mean we just saw King, but Holmes, I didn't even see Holmes at all this weekend. Holmes has been Holmes hasn't even been used. I just realized that now. Like we haven't even seen Holmes for three days or four days. Like Actually, we haven't seen Holmes since he came in against the Mets. Yeah. Like, ah, dude. Like, I mean, not not that you're gonna bring Holmes in a in a five run game, but it's like, like the utilization of your bullpen, it's it's like he doesn't use it correctly. Yeah, I mean, and like, I don't know. It's tough. I, I I have a hard time like really being annoyed with Boone right now because you look at the, I mean you you've you've been the one who's made this point a million times. Like the roster's not constructed very well. So like and that's not on Boone. It's just not. So no, like it's just, yeah, you know it's he's he's playing he's playing he's playing with the pieces that he's got, and you know with the injuries right now. You know I don't know what else he's supposed to do, but he you know we are going to get Bader back on Tuesday. I, I was a little annoyed. Because everything was saying that he was going to play this weekend, and then yep, and then just nothing came out. And, he came out and said that he wanted two more games at Somerset. I, I didn't. I don't really understand that. But oh well, it is what it is. We're going to yeah. see him tomorrow. Um, and I, I think that's it for me. Do you do you have anything? anything no, else I think that you want. No. You want? I'm, I'm all right, man. I think we got all the frustration out. That was. That was that was a bad weekend. I mean, all you can hope for is that we just don't ever see that against Seattle. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the Bronx Lounge podcast today. Um, Three-game series at the stadium with the Mariners. We will be coming at you with another recap directly after that series. Hopefully, we can get some offensive performances. Hopefully, some of these numbers uh, that we talked about start to rise a little bit. A couple of these big guys need to start hitting in the, into the 200s in June. Yeah, I think our next upload should be. I think that's a Friday. I think that would be, yeah, Friday morning. We'll be we'll be doing that and then uploading right. Every upload is usually around like expect like a three o'clock p.m. upload. That's usually around where we're uploading like two two three o'clock. So that's those are uh, any any time after a series around two three o'clock p.m. That's usually our upload time. All right, that is gonna do it for the Bronx Lounge podcast. Make sure you guys like and subscribe. We'll see you guys on Friday morning. Let's go Yanks.